Welcome to Oasis. My name is Ben Geetson. I am the college young adult pastor here at the church. Um, if you were able to be here last week, it was an incredible night, an incredible moment um, of just being able to connect with each other, to fellowship with each other, to worship our Father in heaven together. Um, we got to experience just God moving in a way that is exciting and energetic and, and empowering and transforming. There were 20 to 30 people who gave their life to Jesus for the first time last week, which is, is amazing. God, God is good. Amen. I think what's so, what's so awesome about that, it's not, it's not me, it's not the team and Jaina, it's not Brennan, it's, it's not Grace Point, is that God just moves. And when the Spirit moves within our soul, within our heart, when He speaks to us, we almost can't help but respond and what's awesome about that moment is when people give their lives to Jesus is that there's a party in heaven that happens, which is incredible because God's heart is just so for people. We, over the last three months between me, Brennan, and Jaina, and I've had conversations with Pastor Aaron and then Pastor Steve, who's our senior pastor at the church, we've just been praying for what is God's big dream for Oasis? We want to push into and press into what God has for this ministry, for this community, for the college. And we believe that through prayer and through discernment and through hearing God's voice and then responding obediently that he has two things for us in this season. One is he, he's asking us to embrace the rhythms of Jesus. He wants us to look at the life of Jesus and say, okay, this is how Jesus lived. How do we embrace those rhythms? Because it's a recognition of here's what's best for us. And then the second thing was recognize your influence. If you were with us on the prayer and worship night, I talked about that a little bit. Every single person in this room has the ability to be used by God through the power of the Holy Spirit to have a life be transformed. There's people in your family, in your dorm, in your classes, at your workplace that need Jesus. And God says, I'm co-laboring and partnering with you to help them know Jesus, recognize your influence. We're starting tonight with our first series of the year and it's called Rhythms. And so in order to like embrace the rhythms of Jesus, I feel like we have to press into, okay, what are the rhythms of Jesus? And as we look through scripture and as we see how Jesus lived his life, the rhythms of Jesus were incorporated around three different relationships. One relationship with the Father, with God. Two, relationship with people inside the church, people who loved God, who were trying to follow God, trying to live all the way up into what, who God says they are. And then three, people in the world, people who were far from God, people who needed Jesus. And so we're going to take the next few weeks and we're just going to dissect some of that stuff. And so tonight we're going to press into relationship with the Father. And I've titled the message tonight, Holistic Worship, and there's obviously a reason why, and I'll get to that. But before we get there, and I said this last week, and I'm going to say it a lot, just because it's who I am, I'm a huge Minnesota Viking fan. And so, and heart hurts a, a, a tad today. Um, but I'm a huge Minnesota Viking fan. I also love the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Uh, right? I also a little bit like the <laughs> Minnesota Gophers. Um, yay! Oh, whoa, crazy. Um, but what I tend to do is when I talk about those things is I use the word love. Do you guys ever use the word love for things that's like, I don't know if I should use the word love for that. 
There are moments in my life where, <laughs> where I'll use the word love for food. If you can't tell, I really like to eat. <laughs> there are moments in my life where I'll use the word love uh, to, yes, to describe a restaurant, to describe um, my phone. But to describe these things, it's like if I really look back and I think about it, do I really love these things? And a lot of time our actions can kind of determine, okay, here's what we really love, here's what we don't. But I feel like we just kind of throw around the word love, the word love so in a cavalier type of way. And Jesus was really super intentional when he used the word love. And then when it came to relationship with the Father and relationship with God, he used love in a way regarding how we are to respond to the things that God's done for us. He used love in a way that was incredibly holistic. And so just think right now, what, what are the things that you use or things that you say that you love? Traveling as well. We're going to open the Bible in Mark 12. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up. If you have your phone, open it up. If you don't have a Bible and would like one, we have a next steps table out in the, in the foyer, and we want to give you a Bible and give you a Bible. God gave us a Bible that we'd be able to recognize and see who he is, respond in such a way that we know how to live a life in this world as we read, as we read his word to be able to understand, yes, who he is, but even a lot of who, who he says that we are. And in Mark 12, uh, in the midst of Jesus living his life, in the midst of Jesus discipling his disciples, he gets into a bunch of arguments with people called Pharisees and people called Sadducees, and they were these high-up Jewish uh, religious leaders. They were people who knew the law, which is our Old Testament, really, really well. They were ones who led the people of Israel in regard to their relationship with the Father. And what happened is that he just got done having an argument with the Sadducees about resurrection, and one of the teachers of the law overheard this argument and he comes to Jesus and he says this, trying to test him, trying to get him to slip up because there's a bunch of people following Jesus at this time because Jesus is teaching some really cool things. There are things that Jesus is doing that are, are healing people and he's just, he's just sharing the love of God. But he's doing it in a way that's making the religious leaders feel super uncomfortable. So verse 28 in chapter 12 of Mark says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all of the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. When you think about loving something, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, or your strength, what comes into your head? In the church, we'd like to throw around the phrase being all in, which isn't bad, but I feel like we don't define and describe what that ultimately looks like. We talk about being surrendered wholly to God and to Jesus, but I feel like even there, it's a little vague. Okay, what are you actually asking me? What are you telling me to do? Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And there's one thing that we do to be able to love the Lord your God with everything that we are, and that's worship. 
See, worship is simply this. Worship is responding to God's love. I'm going to say that again. Worship is responding to God's love. And so it brings us to our big idea. If worship is responding to God's love, which I believe it is, then God calls for our love and our worship to be holistic. He calls for our response because of everything that he's done for us and how he's loved us to be holistic. He's saying with everything that you are, recognize that the Father in heaven has so loved on you, shown grace to you, that in responding to him, we're responding in surrender and in love with every area of our life. With every single area of our life. Louis Giglio, who's a pastor um, at Passion Church on Atlanta, Georgia, they do a really sweet uh, conference every winter that we really want to go to, but we're trying to figure it out. Uh, he, he defines worship as this. You can go ahead and throw it up. So worshiping God is what we do as we respond to his mercy in our walking around life. It's not the words I sing, but the me I bring. I'm the offering laid at your feet. My steps, the melody, oh so sweet, all of me in praise of thee. Look, just look at this again. Worshiping God is what we do as we respond to his mercy. Just as we live life. Everything that we do, it's not just the music that we sing, which is super powerful and super great, and our worship team is amazing. But it's every aspect of who we are. Worship is our response to God's love. And since worship is responding to his love, God calls us to respond holistically. And so very simply, I read that verse in Mark 12 for this reason, because Jesus tells us how to do that. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we're going to look at each four, and we're going to press into them a little bit, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing, and then you're going to get sent out into a world that tries to teach you and tell you and show you how not to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So first aspect, heart. When we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, what we're doing is we're engaging the will in worship. When we're loving the Lord our God with all our heart, we're engaging the will in worship. The word that's used here uh, in the Greek is uh, a word that means it's a place where human intention resides. A lot of time when we talk about heart, we think of emotions. Uh, we think of the lovey-dovey, which is not bad, right? I mean, romanticism, all that great things. Uh, but it's the love, it's just, we, we tend to just assume when we say heart, it's, it's, it's emotion. Heart refers to the place where human intention resides. It's that place within us that says, I'm going to make this decision and this choice right now. We all make choices every single day. Some mundane, some don't matter, some are super, super important. Some of us make the choice to shower, and some of us make the choice not to shower. <laughs> if my son were to decide every day of his life, he would choose not to take a bath, and it's horrible. But we make these choices, and a lot of times what we don't realize is that the choices that we make are actually bigger choices than we realize and seem. So for me, I, I told you guys my story a little bit um, last year, or a lot of bit, how I gave my life to Jesus. And in the midst of me giving, saying yes to Jesus for the first time, recognizing that God had loved me and my response to him, my worship to him, responding to that love is saying yes to Jesus. Life didn't immediately change. Some things changed. A lot was still there. 
There was still a feeling of vulnerability, and for me it was uh, depression and feeling alone. But what I ended up realizing is that I can every single day wake up and decide to choose Jesus today. Even in days when I woke up and I didn't really want to, I could choose Jesus today. Simple everyday decisions. My heart and loving the Lord, my God with all my heart, is to choose and decide. When I was a freshman, so in the midst of uh, me coming to Oasis for the first time and giving my life to Jesus, I was also rushing a fraternity. And now what I'm about to say, I hope it doesn't come out this way, that not fraternities and sororities are not bad. I'm going to give you my experience in the midst of what Jesus was doing in my life in the moment. And so I'm coming from a background where drinking was a normal part of my life. I'm coming from a background where friends that I had in my life were good friends, but there wasn't always real connection. And anytime I hung out with them, I ended up doing the things that I knew I wasn't supposed to do, which was my own fault. And so in the midst of me rushing this fraternity, we got to the week, I'm like two weeks in of giving my life to Jesus, and their big meeting night was on Tuesday nights. And the Sunday that I gave my life to Jesus, I remember saying to myself, and I remember kind of promising God that, okay, I don't know what it looks like to follow you, but I know that I need to follow other people who say they love you and figure out what this relationship with you means. And a part of that was going to, with them to Bible studies and small groups and crew. Crew was a huge part of my life when I was in college. And what ended up happening is the week that, that, that I was supposed to make the final decision to say yes to this fraternity, I realized that their main meeting was Tuesday night and the crew meeting was Tuesday night. And so I had to make a decision and I had to make a choice. In the midst of me making that decision and that choice, where I was potentially rushing, rushing into a fraternity with my closest friends that I had in high school, I was not just saying no to a fraternity, I was saying no to the friends that I had for years and decades. I was saying no to the people that kind of were closest to me that I knew, and I didn't handle it well. Because what I wish I would have done, I wish I could have said, guys, you know what, I'm not going to be in this fraternity because I need to go to crew because I'm trying to figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus because I believe that he has something for me in this life that I've been missing. And I didn't do that. All I said was, no, I'm not going to be a part of it. And by saying, no, I'm not going to be a part of that fraternity, I said no to being a part of, of my friends' lives. Some of you tonight maybe need to make a really hard decision when it comes to loving the Lord and God with all your heart. No, you're not alone. If worship is our response to the love that God has shown us, then I believe that God is calling us to respond holistically with the choices that we make. Second, it says, love the Lord and God with all your soul. We're engaging the emotions in worship. This is a fun one for me. I am a naturally, like, super emotional person. You, you, if you, when you guys eventually get to know me and my wife a little bit more, my wife is type A, logical, analytical. She's the most, like, just intellectual person I know. Within that, she struggles to share her emotions a little bit. Where I'm on the complete opposite end, and I cry every three seconds, <laughs> because for no reason a lot of the time. There's, okay, I gotta tell this story. We, we were, I just do. I don't know what it is. It's just who I am. It's how God made me. It's not bad. Both personalities, by the way, both people are not, one's not better than the other. 
Although go emotional people. Just kidding. <laughs> we were sitting at the table, uh, and I was at the kitchen table. My wife is in the midst right now of commuting to Watertown. And she's commuting to Watertown because her job is there. She's trying to find a job here, and it's like hard. And I want to cry about that right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but we're sitting there, and I have the kids, and I'm feeding the McDonald's because I'm an okay parent, and I don't know how to make a lot of food. <laughs> and... And they're eating, and Abby, who's my wife, she calls, and she's, oh, I'm, I'm just on my way home. Oh, how was work? Oh, it was good. Oh, Wesley wants to talk to you, so I put the phone up to Wesley. Hey, Mom, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. What are you doing? I'm driving home. Oh, I'm eating McDonald's cause for the third time this week because you're not home. <laughs> and, and she goes, yeah, because she was in the midst of, of the next day having an interview at Sanford. And so I said, Wesley, yeah, we should pray tonight that Mom can get, can get a job at Sanford, that she can get a job here in Brookings so she can be with us. And just at the drop of a hat, in the midst of fries being full in his mouth, he starts praying. And he just says, pray, he just starts praying, saying, thank you, Jesus, for today. We thank you that you love us. Help mom get the job at Stanford. That was it. And I start bawling. And I'm crying. And I'm like, Wesley, that's so good. It was so good. And I'm crying. And I was like, why are you crying? Oh, I don't know. And she's just on the phone like, you're a psycho. <laughs> but it was a really cool moment. We all are emotional in some way, shape, or form. If you don't believe that human beings are emotional, watch a reality television show. <laughs> and I'm not going to go any further than that. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I, I'm not going to go any further than that. We're emotional people, and that's okay. That's okay. So when Jesus uses the word soul here, he's describing the emotional aspect of human nature. He's saying, love the Lord your God with all of your emotion. It's okay to be in tune with what you're feeling. It's okay to recognize that in this moment, I'm feeling this thing. To love the Lord with all your soul is to use the vast range of our emotional experiences. To love the Lord with all your soul is to use the vast range of all our emotional experience. It's in the midst of my sorrow and pain and frustration and doubt, I'm going to turn to you, God. It's in those moments where I have peace and joy that I'm going to praise you, Jesus. Read the Psalms. David, who wrote most of the Psalms, was an emotional person. He goes from being like clinically depressed to super excited. He probably was bipolar. Man, he just, but he's just like, he was in tune with what was going on. And it was okay. Because in the midst of whatever he was feeling, he always turned it back into the hope that he has in the Lord. He always turned it to praising Jesus. To love the Lord your God with your soul is to use the vast range of all of our emotional experiences. But we can't just use our emotions. And, and before I go there, I need to say this. There's, there's, I've had conversations with some people in the church, some people who I love and I respect dearly, where they get scared, and I don't know if scared is the right word, but they, they fear a little bit fully accepting and embracing the emotional side of even what happens like on a Sunday night or Sunday morning during worship music. It's the argument of it's too emotional, you're not... A lot of people aren't thinking, potentially, with their minds. They're not really recognizing, like, what God wants to do in the moment. It's just all based on emotion. And then when people leave, they just are coming and, and, and searching for an emotional experience, not Jesus. But 
Worship without emotion allows us to keep God at arm's length and ourselves in control. And this isn't universal for everyone. We have to be smart with how we love the Lord our God with all our soul, embracing our emotional side of humans. But when we don't embrace it and we don't love God with our soul and our emotion, we're saying, I'm in control. I'm only going to allow you to go this far in the midst of what you're doing in this moment. And it's not just in services and in worship moments. It's in everyday life. Don't suppress the emotion. Recognize what's happening in your life and turn it to God. Worship is our response to God's love. And since worship is our response to God's love, God is calling us to respond holistically with our heart and the choices that we make, our soul with our emotions, embracing that, and with our mind. We're engaging the mind in worship. We're engaging our intellect in what God is doing. Here, um, when you, and when you, how can I say this? Have you guys ever heard the phrase, a mind is a ter- terrible thing to waste? You ever heard that phrase? I've heard that phrase. Um, I've heard that phrase. Maybe you guys haven't heard that phrase. We are in an age right now where information is king. Whereas like the more you know, the better off you're going to be. You, you guys get it poured into you at an early age starting with school. The more you know, the more you know information. But it's not enough just to know a lot of information. It's what do I do with the information I've been given? When Jesus is asking us to love the Lord God with all our mind, it's describing our ability to process the information that we've been given, but it's also a consciousness that enables us to use wisdom with that information. It's saying, okay, I'm recognizing that I'm, I, I'm, I'm gaining this information. I go to Sunday night and, and, or Sunday morning and I hear these teachings and I read your word, God, and as I read your word, okay, I'm getting all this information. All of a sudden, I know a lot, know a lot. If it stops there, we're not worshiping God with all our mind. The word mind here that Jesus uses is saying, okay, process the information well, but recognize that your mind actually enables you to use that information for wisdom. To love God with all your mind means that growth of knowledge leads to spiritual meaning. It's not gaining knowledge just for knowledge's sake. And when I mean by growth of knowledge, I mean this. It's the truths that we read in Scripture of God saying who He is. It's the truths that we read in Scripture of God saying that we are who He says we are. Because in the midst of us being emotional people, we're supposed to love the Lord God with all our soul, the vast range of our emotional experience. In the midst of that, we end up sometimes feeling in ways and feeling things, all the feels, that can be, I don't want to say they're not dangerous, but they can lead to a dangerous moment if we haven't allowed ourselves to really know what's the truth. In those moments where I feel like I'm worthless and not capable and unlovable, to love the Lord your God with all your mind in those moments is to recognize, okay, no, who does God say I am in Christ? He says, I am holy, perfect, righteous son or daughter of him. He says, I am chosen. But in order for me, in the moments that I feel something, 
that is against what is truth. In order for me to know what's truth, I have to dive in to see what God, what does God say? So again, if you need a Bible, we want to give you a Bible. We have them out in the foyer. Worship is our response to God's love. Since, our, since worship is a response to God's love, God calls us to respond holistically. With our heart and the decisions that we make, our souls with the vast range of emotions that we all have, and with our minds. But the information that we get as we pour into who God says we are and who he says he is, what he's asking us to do, and then using that information wisely in a way that he's asking us to do it. And finally, with your strength. Love the Lord God with all your strength. Engaging the body in worship. And this is my, one of my favorite ones. I love all of them. This is one of my favorite ones. My daughter, I'm going to talk about my kids a ton, so even right now, I apologize. I have kids. They're part of my life. It's what I know. I led worship at a church in Watertown, um, and I was up there for about five years. And in the midst of me being up there and leading worship, my children got really, really used to finding the stairs of the stage and then walking up the stairs of the stage and then as we're, I'm leading worship, singing and playing the guitar, standing at my feet and like tapping on me. <laughs> that or holding my legs. And I don't know, as you guys get to know more, I'm a mover. And so even though I'm leading worship in a mic, I tend to move a ton. That's good. My body gets into it. But what happened with, <laughs> that was weird. What happened, <laughs> that, was, that was an aggressive statement. What ended up happening is that my daughter and my son, more so my daughter, got so used to being on the stage that they would just start coming up and Alice would start hearing the music and she would just start dancing. And here's what she does. She just goes like this and she starts dancing. And then she, adorable, right? <laughs> but then what she does is that she thinks she knows the words of the songs and she'll go like, she'll close her eyes and she'll just go like this. And I think she, I must be weird when I worship because the things she's doing, I think she's just copying from me. But she'll go like this and she'll like spread her legs like this and she'll just go, and no, nothing come out of her mouth. It's just movement. And then she goes like this, and then she'll sing when like she feels like another big word or big like dynamic, powerful song. Part of the song comes up. She'll like slam her leg, and she'll go ah, over this way, and she just does it. But what's so beautiful about it is that she's unafraid as a child, who I don't know if she fully knows what she's doing, but she's expressing herself in a way that's just responding to God's love and worshiping Him. And I think it's just so beautiful. Strength is connected with the physical aspects of our human existence. So when Jesus says strength there, he means literally our body. So in our heart, when we choose to come to Oasis on Sunday night, guess what? We actually have to go. To love the Lord God with all your strength is showing up. You guys have showed up. You've chosen with your heart to come and worship Jesus, and then you showed up, and then you, you did it. It's those moments where we recognize that God is asking us to serve or to love on a friend or family member, and then we do it. To love God with all your strength means to allow your body to give expression to the thoughts, feelings, and decisions that reflect the response of the whole person to God. To love God with all your strength means to allow your body to give expression to the thoughts, feelings, and decisions that reflect the response of the whole person to God. 
It's actually not just choosing to go read my Bible. It's picking up a Bible and reading it. It's not choosing to say, okay, before I, or when I wake up or before I go to bed, and I'm not going to scroll through Facebook because I'm guilty of that, but actually I'm just going to see and I'm going to thank you, God, for today. It's sometimes the outward expression in the midst of a worship service where it's not enough for me just to sing a song and to look at the words and to look up, but I need to raise my hands because there's nothing else I feel like I can do where I'm connecting emotionally and with my heart and I'm singing and I'm praising, but I just need to lift my hands because I want to express more, God, that I love you. That's why I lift my hands. It's just another way for me to love the Lord God with all my strength. In the midst of trying to figure all this out, trying to recognize and, 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 and see that holistic worship is using every part of who we are. It's our heart and the decisions that we make. It's the soul and the emotions that we feel. It's our mind and the th- things and thoughts that we think. And it's our strength, our body that we use to express all of those coming together. I think in the midst of that, I know I have the temptation sometimes to kind of compartmentalize and just say, okay, today, here's what I did to love the Lord and God with my heart. Here's what I did to love the God with my soul. And here's what I did to love the God with my mind. And here's what I did to love the God with my strength. Or here's what I need to do to love the God with my heart. And we tend to think of ourselves like Legos, where each separate part of who we are is compartmentalized. Where in reality, what we are is like scrambled eggs. <laughs> where you can see before you start. Everyone know how to make scrambled eggs? Maybe if you don't, come see me. I'll teach you how to do it. But as I'm getting the bowl ready, and what we use is these little mason jars because they're just really easy to use, and we put the, the egg in there, and as the eggs go in there, okay, you see these different parts of what makes up the scrambled egg. I got the yolk, and I got the other part of the egg. <laughs> What's the word? Wow. You guys are geniuses. How that didn't come to my mind, I have no idea. <laughs> but then for me, I like salt and pepper, just because I do. And I put it in there, and then also I really like cheese, like too much I like cheese. And I put it in there, and then I can see all the parts in this mason jar before I'm making the scrambled eggs. And so each part is essential and important. And then I scramble, and I take a fork, and I go at it. And then my wife yells at me because she says, if you scramble them too much, you're going to ruin it. They're not going to be fun. Okay, I'm sorry. But I just go. And once the eggs are scrambled, you can't separate them back into their individual pieces. Like us, our heart, soul, mind, and strength are all connected together. So when I'm missing out and missing engaging in worship with my emotions, loving the Lord my God well with my soul, the different aspects of who I am are affected. Obviously with strength and with our body, if I'm not showing up to love the Lord my God with my strength, the different aspects of who I am are affected. Jesus' commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength is an invitation to worship him with our wills, our emotions, our intellects, and our bodies. Holistic worship is encompassing all that it means to be human. So we're going to go into prayer time. I'm going to invite the team up. We're going to have people in the back who desperately just want to listen to you and hear you. If you need prayer, go pray with them. 
But what I want to do as we enter into this prayer time is we're going to put four questions up on the screen. You can throw those up now. And as those are up there, I just want you to read through them. And in the midst of all of them being connected, what do you feel like the one thing right now God is just asking you to do? Because I feel like if we try to push into all four right away, I think we just fail sometimes. And so a lot of times when I ask this question, I feel like, okay, what do you feel like in response to God's love for you and worshiping him? What do you feel like God's asking you to do? It's easy to say, oh, he's asking me to pray more. He's asking me to read my Bible more. I need to go to a small group. You see, those di- we call those disciplines, and they're really good. Meditation, those are really good disciplines. They're really good. But the disciplines and why they're important just to allow us to get and rest before the Father so that he can do his transforming work in us. So some of you, God is asking you to worship him right now with just what you choose. Maybe tonight for you, that's just, you know what, I'm just gonna choose every single Sunday just to go. Even when I feel like I don't wanna go, to love the Lord my God with all my heart is I'm just gonna choose to go, I'm gonna decide it. Maybe he's asking you to give up something, to make the choice to give up something in your life that maybe you either really, really enjoy or that you just can't get rid of. Maybe it's that sin, it's that beating down decision that you keep making that makes you feel worthless and ugly and horrible and terrible. In the midst of loving the Lord your God with your heart, in the midst of that choosing, you know, I'm gonna choose to not do this anymore. It's recognizing that despite whatever happens, God loves you and is for you. And that in the midst of praying those prayers and saying, God, help me not do this anymore. He's the one who changes your heart and helps you not do that anymore. And so it's just asking God, help me to choose and say no. Or God, help me to choose and say yes, to decide you. Maybe for some of you, God's asking you to worship with worship him with how you feel. Maybe it's just some of you in the midst of just having doubt right now and frustration or anxiety. And recognizing, okay, God, in the midst of how I feel, I'm still gonna believe that you are good and you are for me. That me feeling this way doesn't discount the love that you have for me. Maybe it's recognizing in the midst when life is just going well to love the Lord your God with how you feel is just to praise him in the midst of when life's good. And it's also to praise him in the midst of when life's really hard. For some of you, maybe God's asking you to worship him with how you think. Romans tells us to not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind. A lot of struggles and issues I think we have just as followers of Jesus come with really just not believing that he is who he says he is. And even more so, believing that we are or we aren't who he says we are. To renew your mind, even if you don't feel like it's true when he says you are holy and perfect and righteous because of Jesus. Even when you don't feel like he's for you and not against you, it's going back to the truth and renewing my mind saying, no, God, I believe that you are for me and not against me. What's the lie that the enemy is trying to drag you down with? And then what's the corresponding truth that God's asking you to pick up? That's what it looks like to worship the Lord with your mind. And maybe for some of you, it's how do you worship him just with what you do? Maybe he's asking you to be a little more expressive 
in times when we do worship music. Maybe he's asking you just to show up, even when you don't feel like showing up. There are a lot of moments in my freshman year when I first gave my life to Jesus, I really didn't feel like going. I was hurt and frustrated and didn't understand a lot of what was happening in my life. And there are moments where even when I showed up, I still had those feelings. But long, I should say, simple obedience and the simple things like that over a long period of time, stuff started changing within me. God started to transform me. So we're going to go into prayer. What's, what do you feel like is one thing God is asking you to press into? To love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Father, we thank you that you give us these moments. We thank you that in your sovereignty, you've given us the ability to say yes to you and choose you, to decide to worship you every single day. We thank you that you've created us as emotional beings because you are an emotional God who's for us and who loves us and showed us that well. Help us to use how we feel to glorify and lift up your name, Jesus. Thank you that you've given us your word to help renew our minds, to focus on the truth, the truth that sets us free. Thank you that even, I just praise you, God, for those that are here tonight. They used their heart to say yes, and they showed up with their bodies to worship you. Speak to them clearly. Help them know what to press into right now in this moment. We love you. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus.